You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie. I'm your host in the studio with me, Mr. Mark Bird, and he's with Revive Ohio. Hello again. Hey, Ange. All right. So we've been covering for the last few weeks this topic of humility. We first talked about how Paul kind of encourages us to really take on the posture of humility. Then we looked at Jesus and how he was the ultimate example. So what are we going to talk about with humility today? Well, today, Angie, the Apostle Paul, he taught and encouraged us to be humble people, humble servants. He actually set forth an example of it. And we're still in Philippians chapter 2 because the whole entire chapter literally is about humility. And he's setting forth now an example of Timothy, which was a student, a disciple of Paul. And he talked about Timothy's example of humility starts off in verse 19, Philippians chapter 2, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state, for I have no one like-minded who would sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus, but you know his proven character, that as a son and with his father, he served with me in the gospel. It says in verse 23, therefore I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me, but I trust in the Lord that I myself shall come to you also shortly. And so he's writing to this in jail and he wants to come and he's saying, man, I want to come. Hopefully I can come shortly, but I'm going to send Timothy because I know that Timothy is a man who walks in humility. Okay, so let me back up for a minute, because we had a little bit of this conversation before we started recording, and there is a truth that humility can be learned, and it's usually the more mature in Christ that really start to understand humility. Right. And we all have to walk this walk, and I'm not saying it's the same with everybody, but usually it's the more mature <laughs> that are yes. going to understand humility better than the younger ones. And I gave the example of the woman who was caught in adultery, and they all wanted to stone her. And Jesus said, whoever is without sin to be the first one to cast the stone. And it says in the Bible, that the starting with the older ones, right. they started to walk away. And that's because they understood in their wisdom of living on this earth. That's good. So there is a wisdom that comes with being older mm -hmm. and living that life. Okay, but here's Timothy. Timothy's a young guy. Right. And Paul is always encouraging him to not let anybody intimidate him because of his youth. So now you've got Timothy walking into a church. <laughs> yeah, right. And you've got all these wiser, older people that he has to come up against. Now, you're saying that he is going to be a servant right. to these people. And so if you're going to get the picture... It's a little bit more difficult in his world. So I think this is really practical because there's times in our world, it's really hard right. to be a servant. He was definitely challenged because he was actually challenged by, as you're describing, the elders. Mm -hmm. The elders of the church were actually questioning, if, if you will. And he's like, mm, aren't you just a little bit young, Timothy? <laughs> so he actually had to learn and model humility 
even in greater pressure, I would say. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine what he had to go through. And it's interesting because if you go over to 1 Timothy, Paul's letter to 1 Timothy, in chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, he's saying, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished with the words of faith, of good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. And I'm going to skip down verse 11 here. It says, Paul's writing to Timothy and saying, These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in the world in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So these are the things that Paul's saying, listen, in order for you to walk out this humility, to model this, this is what I want you to do. But don't let anybody despise your youth. Mm. Hold on to that, right? And just model it out. And what is he saying? How do you model it out? Be an example in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And here's what Paul says again, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Same thing, Paul was exhorting us to humility, and he's saying, Timothy, I want you to exhort people to these things, right? Mm -hmm. And to doctrine, and do not neglect the gift. Here's the key to it. He's saying, Timothy, don't neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Meditate on these things and give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. And for the practical side of this to me, Angie, is right here. It ends right here, that your progress, or if you will, your humility is evident to all. Because what's it going to do? It's going to testify to the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Because I would challenge people to say, you can't be humble without the Holy Spirit helping. Yeah, that's true. And in this situation, it's obvious that Timothy really does care about the people right? because Paul is reminding him about caring for the people. But it also says back in Philippians in verse 20, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. So he really is others focused. Right. I'm back to, and this is where you were talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm back to, I want to be a servant to everybody, mm. but there are certain people who are a little harder to serve. Right. Because I know what my motivation is, but their motivation is not necessarily welcoming back. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm back to appreciating where Timothy is because he sincerely cares for the people that he's going to minister to, which are Greeks, right? Yes. And he has to come up against elders who are looking at him and thinking he doesn't know anything because of his age. Right. And these are hard people to love. These are hard people to serve. But yet, Paul is reminding him to just keep going. So obviously, Timothy's got it. He's he does. got the humility. He does. And he's just reminding him to walk in that, hold on to it, keep preaching, keep teaching, keep doing what you know to do. The Holy Spirit will testify through you. And I think that example of humility is perfect because that is when we're challenged, when we feel that conflict or pressure, Mm -hmm. right? When someone doesn't agree with us. Mm -hmm. So the pressure becomes, or the tension becomes, okay, now how do I react? 
Uh, or respond. How do I respond? That's exactly <laughs> right. Thank you, Angie. You're paying attention well. Uh, yes. And so the tension is, oh man, I want to prove that I'm right. That's what our flesh wants to yeah. do. Yeah. That's but the Holy he Spirit helps us remain humble. So you take, and you use this word, the posture of humility. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? You draw back and you love, listen, right? Yeah. Discern before we respond again. So all those things that you named off in Timothy, those have something to do with being humble. So how do those other characteristics that Paul's reminding him of, how do those play into humility. So what I believe is going back to what we looked at a couple of weeks ago now is putting on the mind of Christ. So all of those things that Paul is reminding Timothy about are things that you have to be convinced of in your mind. And so he says, you know, I come, so give attention to these things as I'm preparing to come or you're preparing yourself for me to come, Timothy, I want you to give attention to these things. And he said, be an example to the other believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is putting on the mind of Christ because without the mind of Christ, I don't think we can be humble. His spirit within us helps us overcome the flesh's desire to not be humble. Well, all of this sounds like fruit of the spirit in a lot of ways. <laughs> it does, right? <laughs> right. So it is all back to the Holy Spirit. I believe it is. So even loving and, and serving difficult people is part of the Holy Spirit. It is. <laughs> Thank God. And that's when we need to <laughs> lean on him even more. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, Angie, I want to just wrap this whole thing up by going back to a couple of verses, and this is Paul's example of humility himself, and I think it paints a picture really for us of humility, and Paul says, yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, (laughs) and service of your faith, So this is verse 17, back to Philippians 2. He's saying, service your faith. So true humility, how can I service your faith? Angie, am I in charge of your faith? No, but you can encourage it. That's it. And to help, I guess, be a guide and a mentor. When you take your car in to be serviced, Mm -hmm. tuned up. That's making it better, making it run smoother, all of those things, right? And so when I read this, I go, wow, service your faith. So now if I'm in charge of servicing your faith, tuning you up, helping you, building you up, making you run smoother, I have to take on a servant attitude to be able to do that. Yes. And so he says, for the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. I think this wraps that final thing up for this whole entire series. This is what Paul is saying. For the same reason that we can rejoice together and we can be glad and rejoice together. And that glorifies and edifies Jesus Christ. And that is the end goal. It so is. That's what we all desire as Christians. Yeah. But how do we do that? By humility. Yeah. It's been a really impactful three weeks talking about humility. And we're not done yet. We have a final testimony having to do with humility. Set this up for me. Yeah, Angie, this is a really unique and interesting perspective. And it's wonderful because when we were praying like we do, like 
Okay, humility, who comes to mind? It's a pastor friend of mine that has modeled this well for me. And with me on the phone today is Pastor Robin Ricks. Pastor Robin, thank you for joining us today on the program. Thank you, Pastor Mark. The really fun part of this is I got to meet Pastor Robin through a Revive City, and Pastor Robin and I have a very unique relationship in that uh, he always knows when we need to chat, and uh, we, we text each other, we call each other, we go about sharpening each other's iron, and I had this topic pop up that we're going to dive into today, and right away, uh, I just thought, man, you know, Pastor Robin, I'd love to get his perspective on this for the listeners to hear and for us to all grow in. And part of what we're learning through this particular series is being teachable and being humble. So Pastor Robin, I want to specifically start today just by asking you to kind of define like the word humility is a churchy word, if you will. It's something that we're familiar with, but there's people out there that may be listening and they may not know what is humility? Like, what is that? How would you define humility? Well, I would think that humility, just taking it from the word itself, it literally means not rising far from the ground in the presence of a dignitary or in the presence of the Lord. It means not to rise far from the ground. Wow. And to kind of help to understand what that means, say, for example, if you have a 2,000-square-foot home, and this particular home is all bricked in, and so a 2,000-square-foot home, I think, would have about 20,000 brick in it. Mm. And you could be just in awe of the 20,000 brick and how beautiful they are arranged. But the brick actually doesn't hold up anything. It's the footer that's holding the house. Hmm. And so that's why humility is a position of strength, not a position of weakness. Jesus said that he was meek and lowly, same word, humble of heart, because he had strength. And that's what we need in our leadership positions, like strength from down under. It, It literally means that We don't have to be seen to carry the weight. For even Jesus carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. That's excellent, Pastor. I'm wondering and curious as I'm sitting listening to that, I'm thinking, so I think that you've learned this from Christ's example. I think this is how you have understood humility. Pastor, can you share a little bit about that? How have you learned what humility is from the scriptures from the Lord? Well, kind of using the same example, there was a time I was informed about this. There was a lady who had a new home and she kept getting cracks in her drywall and she would have several people to come back and repair it. And then finally one of her relatives came and he said, you don't have a drywall problem. you got a foundation problem. And so even in the present world crisis, it is quite apparent that God, the hand of God behind this, is to reset the foundation, hmm. foundational truths, foundational leadership in the home. Uh, he's put even the church on pause in our congregating together, but he's empowered the church in the house, which wow. will make for a glorious church on the other side of this crisis. Amen. 
I'm really reminded that God has resetting because he's given us the chance. He is the God of second chances and a hundred chances a lot of times to reset. And so when you're describing the foundation is off or out of kilter or not set, he gives us the chance to reset. And I think humility brings us back to that resetting point. The tendency is for us to be led astray or led away from humility. I think the enemy and the world both work at leading us away from humility. But what I hear you describing today, Pastor, is saying it's time to reset the foundation. That's right. We don't want the glory in the number of bricks in the home when the bricks are not carrying the power of the home. Hmm. The foundation. And I want to add something else to that. You know, the Bible is very clear when it says in the book of James that God gives more grace. God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. So you'll never find God resisting a repenting drug addict. He'll never resist a repenting immoral person. He's never going to resist a repenting any sinner, mm. but he will resist the proud. He wow. will hold at bay the proud. And so coupled with that, we understand that God will never humble a person. The scriptures are very clear when it says, humble yourself mm. under the mighty hand of God. It's our act to get just close to the ground in the presence of a living and awesome God. We humble ourselves. It is not an act of God. It is an act of our will. James also tells us that we must humble ourselves. We must submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. And so I'm reminded of that because that very same thing applies to what you're saying as well. It takes us humbling ourselves. It takes us submitting ourselves to God, because who doesn't want to reflect the glory of God if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower? And how do you do that? Well, you have to start, as you're describing, Pastor, humbling yourself before the Lord. Yes, absolutely, Pastor. And that's where joy, and that's where we have this sense of oneness with the Lord and a confidence so that after we begin to judge ourselves and evaluate ourselves, we rise up and we see the old, the shadow of the old man laying on the floor, and yet we rise up in a new confidence and humility to walk and be the light to the world. That's exactly right. And Jesus described humility as being a servant in servitude. So how have you experienced that, Pastor? Have you experienced servitude as someone that is humble? Absolutely. And I think it can be just fully defined like this, Pastor, is that as I've been sharing in the different various places that God has given me the privilege to share, as well as here at home, but I wake up every morning by saying, good morning, Jesus. Yeah. My answer is yes. How may I serve you? Hmm. Good morning. My answer is yes. Before you give the command, before you make the directive, I want you to know my answer is yes. Now, how may I serve you? Praise the Lord. That is 
as you're describing, the practicalness of humbling yourself. You're making that a point to start your day that way because you're making the decision to say yes, and you're making the decision to say, I will serve you, Lord. That's practical. I think that's practical. I guess you could say it's a prayer, but it's an attitude adjustment. (laughs) We've been talking a little bit about the mind of Christ. Well, in order to humble yourself, Pastor Wright, you have to be mindful of the Lord or mindful of the one you're serving. And the one we're serving is Christ. And that's what I hear you saying in that, in a practical sense. And you're saying, Lord, here I am. Good morning. Listen, I am yours. Whatever you're asking me to do, I'm already in agreement with you. And then how can I serve you today, Lord? That's right. That's exactly right, Pastor. It's so liberating. Mm. It's freeing. It keeps us from being caught up in confusion because, see, Jesus is going to say to his people, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm. And uh, he won't say medium rare or (laughs) rare. He's going to say well done. And the process of him bringing us to well done is like having a turkey in the oven at Thanksgiving. Now, that turkey in your home and your wife, you know, has put the turkey in the oven, and that turkey starts squealing and yelling <laughs> and saying, I'm done. That's the first indication. That turkey is not done. That's good. And so it is, if a believer complains and murmurs, then God said, okay, I have an oven for you, and I'm going to increase this temperature a little until you stop complaining. Hmm. <laughs> so the fire most- goes up, right, brother? <laughs> Yeah. I love it. Then when we're well done, then we become palatable Mm. for everybody, that everybody can eat from the fruit from our tree. Wow. That's powerful. So with a humble attitude, with a spirit of humility, Pastor, you're saying that we can actually feed others through our humility. And that is really what being a servant looks like, isn't it? It is. It really is. And what a joy. What a joy it brings to serve because it is glorifying Christ. It is the ultimate example of reflecting Christ, reflecting his love because you're putting yourself beneath. And like you're saying, it's resetting the foundation. That's right. That's right. And positioning ourselves, our attitude, because you never know. Let me say it this way. There had been a, several years that the body of Christ had heard the message, find your purpose, find your purpose, find your purpose, except that really is not that clear in Scripture. Right. But what is clear is this. All things work together for good to them who are the called according to His purpose. Wow. So the only thing we have to do is reset our attitude, and He'll bring His purpose to us. He'll turn it into our lane so that we will not be on the treadmill trying to find out his purpose when he'll bring his purpose to us. That's the power behind saying yes before you even get the request. 
That's amazing. In John chapter 4, I'm thinking about when Jesus is ministering to the woman at the well, and the disciples finally showed back up after they went to town for food. And he's like, hey, master, here's your food. And he was like, no, here's my food. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. That's right. And I'm thinking about that, Pastor, as you shared that. I'm like, that is, once again, the example that Christ set in humility. It's not mm-hmm. the things that you're thinking of that your mind is focused on, which was feeding your belly, your hungry belly, but my food is to do his will. And that's what I think I hear you saying, Pastor. Yes, that's, you said it well, and even better than I said it. Okay, so finishing up, Pastor, when we're talking about walking this out in a practical manner, you know, Jesus encouraged us in Matthew 5 to let your light so shine before men that they will see your good deeds and they will glorify your Father in heaven. Being humble, like as soon as you announce something, your humility's out the door. But walking out in, in a practical manner, letting your light shine before men, what they mm-hmm. need to see, Pastor, is they need to see your humility toward mm-hmm. one another and obviously toward Christ. But how is that actually walked out in a Christian's life? I'll give you an example. That I've been to Israel a few times, and on this last mission that I went on, I saw how Israel had changed so much. And I was out in the marketplace, and uh, many of the Orthodox were there also. And man, their attitudes had changed. They were hugging me, believe it or not. We were taking pictures together. And so no one really had this staunch religious position first. Hmm. And so one of the things in our humility, we can't lead with religion. We can't lead with, let's just say, denominationalism. We can't lead with those things. We must lead with our heart, Hmm. with the heart of love. We lead that way. And then truth can follow because we don't expect Stevie Wonder to understand the color blue. Wow. And we don't expect someone who doesn't know Jesus to understand the full principle. But if we could lead with our heart and not just pushing something towards them, they don't understand first. But by knowing us, by me taking the time, pausing, sitting on a well and talking to her. Hmm. Jesus led with heart and the truth then could penetrate her heart. So what I think I hear you saying is you cannot have an agenda in your back pocket that you're waiting to push. That's right. The agenda is love. Yeah. The, The humility, the agenda is purely Christ's love. And that's what's going to draw them in, Pastor. And I think mm-hmm. that's what, you know, as we lift Jesus up, if we're lifting him up, we're putting ourselves down lower, right? And as we lift that's him right. up, that's what draws people in to him. Mm-hmm. That's wow. right. Wow. I wish I had 10 more hours to sit and talk to you about this, Pastor. It's so amazing. I really, really appreciate you joining us today. You're a huge blessing to me and to what uh, we do, and I hope that we've been a blessing to you as well. And Pastor, thanks for joining us today. Well, you're so welcome, and thank you so much for allowing me to come on and share. Amen. And this is Mark Bird. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio.
More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.